The Los Hermanos Podcast is brought to you by Cafe Rica and Los Hermanos Entertainment. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of The Morning Cup. I'm Josh. And I am Tristan. Today we got a new coffee for you guys. Yeah, we... uh after our last episode, Josh, we got a recommendation um, from someone. I will look up their name right now. Okay. And while you do that, give yeah. a little bit of background. Uh, so this is Bourbon Barrel uh, Roasted Coffee by Ghost Town Coffee Roasters. Yeah, it's in Bozeman, Montana. Um, and so the they teamed up with Willie's Distillery in Enos, Montana, um, where they thoroughly condition the beans with the white oak barrels that have been previously used to age bourbon. Um, their goal is to impart the distinct flavors taken on by the barrel while still maintaining the characteristics of the coffee. Um, it is a blend, so it's not a single origin, and it is a, what I would say, medium dark roast. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, it's definitely not super dark roast, but it's not like... Um, it's not the lightest roast. It's a good middle ground for anybody that's, you know, looking to try a coffee that, you know, you think you'll like. I think, yeah, if you don't like dark coffee, I would still go with this one. Yeah, I, uh, I like it. Um, it's, it's different. I don't know if I could drink it every day. It's definitely one of the ones that you have on your shelf uh, yeah. at home, and you make it, you know, for people that, you know, are say, hey, you know, what's a good coffee that you think I should try? So... It's definitely really good. I've had it uh, just before we recorded this, and um, I've only had a couple sips, so we'll be doing a live taste testing and stuff. But it's very uh, very unique, I think, is a good way to put it. Um, lots of different flavor notes that are very unique to this coffee specifically. Yeah. I cannot find who it was, but thank you out there for thank recommending you. it. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, so a little bit of a background on Ghost Town. They are obviously from Montana. They are roasters on top quality, especially coffee from around the world. They operate, um, they say, friendly and personal cafes um, that they sling expertly prepared beverages alongside tasty foods, treats, and smiles. And smiles. That's and a good smile. thing to have at, at a coffee shop. It sure is. Um, if you don't have smiles, you know, it's... That's what draws people in the coffee and the smiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yes. That's why you should come to Cafe Rica. Correct. Um, so one of their things that's sustainably and equitable buying statement is in the spirits of true sustainability, we support all methods of equi equitability traded equitably <laughs> traded coffee is uh, to help assure that every coffee grower has the opportunity to sell at fair market price that is uh what i like to say awesome because that's kind of what our cafe naranjo does and what we've kind of instilled in our um vision as well that's so, something that you and jack know way more about than me correct yeah that's correct. that's business stuff and yeah i just make the coffee well, we're going to have to teach you more about stuff. Oh, I love learning. That's one thing I like about working here. So, All right. So let's start off by giving the, the whole beans a, a, a good sniff. You hear that, guys? That's the whole beans. Josh, go ahead and sniff it for us. So just off a, a first initial sniff, um, I think it's harder to get a uniqueness and scent 
Um, it definitely smells like a whole bean coffee, but there is a little hint of like, like a sweetness. Almost. Yeah, there is there is definitely a hint of sweetness, but I I'm not sure like what it is pinpoint. It's maybe a little fruity. Yeah, I almost would say a blackberry, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that or s- smell it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time pinpointing exactly. Yeah. Well, we aren't experts yet. Yet, <laughs> but we're working towards. Hopefully, that's what this will help us with: is learning yes. how to do. So well, I did the first smell, so you gotta do the first taste. All right, I'm gonna smell the the brewed coffee. We brewed it um, with our flat bottom brewer by Brewista. Pour over. You can definitely smell. Now I really smell like a, a blackberry, um, like not like Ethiopian berry, but like yeah. it's a different, a little more hardier smell. Um, you can definitely smell the like uh, the charred uh, oak barrels that they use. Um, it definitely did come off a little bit onto the beans. Um, so let me take a sip. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some it's, of the. It's such an interesting. It is unique. I've actually, this is the, so this is the second cup I've had, and much like bourbon, it gets better with every sip. Actually, um, I think because my palate kind of got used to it. Um, I definitely have like a, a vanilla e taste to it. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think it's definitely, um, what I said earlier. It's very like kind of like a dry finish, which yep. uh, you know some people say it's like a bitterness. Yep. Um, to it, but it's it's very kind of dry tasting all the way through. It not lingers. Even, not even just a dry aftertaste. Um, it's like uh, like my tongue's just dry. Like yeah. first sip, it kind of once it settles, it's just like kind of dry. Yeah, I guess that's like the best way for me to explain that. I would say that's probably the bourbon taste that you're getting. It's just yeah, like you said, it's just sitting there, laying there on on the tongue all the way through. Um, Another thing I've noticed, um, and I said this to you before we were recording, it's got kind of a similar uh, taste and more like similar flavor notes to uh, like certain cigars. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that you said that, Josh, because the tasting notes that they say there are there are caramel. I personally couldn't get caramel. caramel? Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me get another swig. Um, pipe tobacco, black licorice, and baker's chocolate. So the black licorice is probably what we were, well, I don't know. We said blackberry, just because they both have the word black doesn't mean they have the same flavor notes. But No, but it's probably that sweetness that we're getting um, in the smell. I don't like black licorice. I don't, I, don't I don't eat it. So if you say it's sweet, I'll take your word for it. Um, so they're saying it's got pipe tobacco. I've never smoked tobacco out of a pipe. Okay. But I have had cigars, like full, you know. So, yeah, um, you were talking about cigars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had all different sorts of cigars. I've had lighter cigars, darker cigars, you know, Connecticut wraps, Maduro wraps. Um, I have had barrel-aged cigars before. Um, not necessarily the same flavor notes, but it's a similar idea where you take um, tobacco leaves and you cure them in maybe a, a bourbon barrel um, or whatever else. And it kind of gives it that unique flavor that I'm sure if I sat down and had one of those with this, I might be able to compare flavor notes better. It's been a long time since I've had one of those. I've only had one. But um, 
it does have a, I think one thing I've learned over all this is coffee is very similar to cigars in, in the flavor note aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's long filled. It's not chopped up, short filled like pipe tobacco and, and cigarettes and stuff like that. So right. um, the flavor notes are very prominent. And, and I think this is really good coffee personally. I know you said you don't think you could drink this every day. Um, well, like I said, but I, this is something I could probably drink often. Yeah. Because well, I like unique coffee. When the, like I said, the second time I've had this, and it's actually, I think my palate's kind of gotten acclimated a little bit to it. Mine's getting acclimated as I'm finishing yeah, this cup. Right. And it's tasting better and better, which I think is, that's, it's cool. Yeah. So when, when you're sitting there, just like take a moment, pause, and then like, Swallow again? Do you get do you get the same? No, no, no. Without without. Oh, just just like. Do you, are you getting some flavors pulled off your tongue? So. I'm re- still getting kind of the same. Uh, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more tobacco-y it's tasting to me. Yeah. And that might be just because I have kind of developed a palate for cigars mm-hmm. over the last year, right, or two almost that I've. I've had cigars, and of course, not anytime recently, but um, yeah, it's definitely very tobacco tasting to me. Um, like we said, there is kind of like that hint of sweetness, but I can't pinpoint what it is. If it's like a, it doesn't, it smelled more like blackberry than it tasted. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a very straightforward, um, like a light tobacco taste, which yeah. when I think of light tobacco, anybody that doesn't know uh, like cigars and stuff, I think of like Connecticut tobacco which isn't necessarily grown in Connecticut, but it's the type of uh, leaf, and it's a very light cigar. Um, that's what I get from this a lot. It's yeah. not a super dark coffee. Darker coffee is more of like a Maduro wrap cigar, um, but this is definitely like a lighter. I, I really like it. That's kind of what I'm getting Yeah, no, to. I actually um, I didn't like it at first, but... Really? Yeah, no. The first sip I had, I was like, interesting. No, I didn't like it at all. But I, uh, when you say cigars, it kind of does that that whole like lingering feel and sm- and the taste. It is, definitely is what I get when I smoke c- cigars. It like, definitely doesn't have the same kind of effect. I think obviously cigars have more of like a. Um, this is lingering more on my tongue, where yeah. cigars coat your whole mouth, which right. is part of the you know it's part of cigar smoking. And um, you know, of course, with a cigar, you can retrohale and get more flavor notes through your nose, where you can't really do that with coffee. No, but, um, but you can swish it. You can. I like the spray method where you. Yeah, no, and it, it sprays all over your mouth, and that's a good way for you to get all the flavor notes because it, similar to like tobacco smoke, it will coat your mouth. With coffee, it's oh man, it's yeah, good. I love coffee. Like, um, so when we learned a little bit more about tasting, I think I was through a YouTube video, but um, the spray technique, the and getting up sprayed all through your uh, mouth is actually better for coffee because of the notes that it has, where like a wine swishing it coats your whole mouth, like you said. Um, it's better for that because of the notes that the berries in that um, realm pulls. So that's a fun fact for you guys. Fun fact for me too. All right, yeah, so what? On the uh, on the um, morning cup reading, where are we putting this? One to ten. Oh, ooh, ooh! Did we do that last week with the Ethiopian? We did not. We can do that this week right now. Okay, so the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian. I'm putting at seven. Oh no, I can't do seven. Can't do seven. There's a rule. No, no sevens because no it's sevens. too easy 
Because a seven is like it's not good, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's too easy to fall on. A seven is like uh, you actually are the one that told me this. Because when I did the six weeks of coffee, you said, because the first episode I put a couple sevens, and you said don't do sevens. Yeah, so try not to because it's easy to fall fall back on the seven because you're like it's a good middle ground, I think. Yeah, because you're like oh, because like six sounds awful. Six sounds bad, but eight's like eight's eight's really good. But so you're like okay, seven. That's so. If you don't use a seven, it kind of makes you pick a side. So let's go with aromatics, one out of ten. Ethiopian, I'm going to six. Yeah, okay. For everything. For everything? I think the Ethiopian is more like a daily drinker for me. I could drink the Ethiopian coffee more often. I could drink this, uh, but it's like... I don't know. So six on taste, even though you can drink it more often? Oh, yeah. So it's been a wait. I haven't smelled the Ethiopian coffee in a long time. So the aromatics is hard to. Okay, we'll, we'll skip the Ethiopian. All right. So, we'll, so yeah. let's go with just the. All right, we're just go going with, with this one. Ghost Town Bourbon Barrel Signature okay. Blend. So let me get some more aromatics. Okay. The so whole he, bean. Yep, the whole bean. See, for me, when it's in the whole bean form, I don't smell a lot of uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Like it smells more like just a regular whole bean medium roast blend um, coffee. I definitely there's a little hint of like almost like a like a wood. Correct. Like a cedar oak. I don't know. Oak. That'd be the that'd be the one. Um, aromatics. I'm giving it a six. Six. Um, I would agree. Six. It it doesn't really pop out at me. Doesn't smell awful. It smells good. Smells um, like a good coffee. Yeah. Uh, if I were allowed to use a seven, I would use a seven in yeah. this case. So, but no, I would yeah. say six uh, and a half. Aromat or uh, flavor, like actual taste. Um, I think I'm gonna go with an eight point eight. five. Eight point. It's very unique, and something I would like to do in the future is have like a coffee bar in my future house. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be awesome. And this is one of those coffees that I will keep a bag because it's like I think it's like for people that really enjoy coffee and like something I like to do is I like to go and I I like trying new things obviously that's why we kind of started doing this is we both wanted to try new coffees and kind of develop our palate more to more unique coffees and this is something that like if somebody came to me and said give me a really unique coffee that I probably have never had anything like it before this is one of the go-tos, I think. I, there's yeah. only one other one I can think of, but I'm going to get a bag for the show. So okay. I'm not going to say it right now. I would say probably, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I would say eight. I wouldn't go higher than an eight. Okay. Um, but I think I like it more than you do. Yeah. But I still like it. Um, I think the fact that, um, I like how you said, if someone said, here's a unique coffee, it's very, I think, very drinkable for everybody. Where an Ethiopian or a Kenyan um, or um, Burundi, those kind of get weird in a sense. Yeah, but I think they're, they're not your traditional coffee flavor and what people expect. So, but um, I think this could be thrown into that category too, because it's it's like you know some people might taste this and not like it at all. Right. So you saying that? I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but mm-hmm. um, I I don't know. I. I would put it, the only reason I'm giving it that extra 0.5, I think is more like uniqueness points for me. Cause like I said, this is a kind of coffee that I would give somebody that like just wants to try something that they've never had before. 
Because how many, I mean, I'm sure there's not, there's more than one company that has a similar roast, but. I think with the barrel, um, the bourbon barrel age, like niche in general, because a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. Um, it can get carried away and too. Like oversaturated. Yeah, kinda. too, too, the, too much, the, too much of the bourbon. I think, well, I think there's a, there, there's a fine line between having a unique coffee and then. I, I guess one thing I think of is, say one company does this, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying any companies have done this before, where it's like, oh, this company made this type of coffee, and they sold it a lot, so let's do that. And then other people do it, and other people right. do it, and other people do it. And I've never heard of a bourbon barrel-aged coffee before. Maybe that's just me being out of the loop. I think Jack said he tasted a bourbon barrel-aged cold brew. But yeah, you're right. It's not It's not very widespread. I, so. Yeah, I haven't. And there's the other one I'm thinking of is very similar. Where I haven't really heard of a coffee similar. And actually, the coffee I'm, I'm going to get is the same wood, but it's not barrel-aged. Uh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. I, think. I do know what you're talking about. Um, but I, I'm... I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I don't think this type of coffee is oversaturated, and it's very unique, and I hope that it stays that way. So, okay. It, I don't want it to get to a point where, like, everybody has that same type of coffee. There's a reason I like drinking these kinds of coffees instead of, like, a Colombian. Because mm-hmm. I feel like every coffee shop you go to has a Colombian roast. Yeah, Does that make sense? You no, know, it is, because that's the very, like... Middle, standard, yeah, standard um, way of coffee um, per se, and I put standard in quotes because it's really well. Only even now, for... even now, there's bigger shops that are starting to do um, stuff that at one point was very unique, uh, like uh, the vanilla nitro that we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you guys first had it before I worked here last summer, I had it and I was like, "This is I've never heard of this. It's very good." Right. And now there's one big chain that has vanilla nitro. What's the chain? Starbucks. Oh, yeah. They have a vanilla nitro. They also have a... Uh, also, their macchiato is not a macchiato, but... <laughs> that's for a different show. <laughs> that's for a completely different show. Okay, so for me, this one got in a 14.5 out of 20. So that average is what? I don't, I don't know. I'm forgetting how to average. Mine also got a 14.5. Oh, 7.25. Mine also got a 14.5 because I said 6 and 8.5. You said 8 and 6.5. Wow. So, so, we, so basically the same rating, but we were, points. yeah, you gave it an extra 0.5 on the aromatics and I gave it an extra 0.5 on the taste because it's of its uniqueness. So the morning cup rating, if you have, have you seen uh, the one TV show with the three guys, the cars, Top Gear? Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. This is what I, I love feel like dude. we're doing. I'm so the I'm biggest car guy. I'm, I'm the car guy here and you're asking me if I've seen Top Gear? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying. So, so yeah. Seven Point two five seven point two five out of ten on the Ghost Town Coffee Roasted Bourbon Barrel Signature Blend. Boom. All right. So we got ten minutes here. Quote of the day, Josh. Next segment of the show, the quote of the day. I gotta pull it up. Thank you guys for staying tuned. Um, we just lost our video again because I forgot to charge the battery. Uh, this is my fault again. But it won't be as much of the show. So if it freezes that's why um quote of the day all right so the quote of the day we had a few options for today and uh tristan and i collectively came up with this one that i think is is very good and we could probably talk about it for more than 10 minutes probably but we're gonna have to shorten it down 
Um, the good in life is a process, not a state of being. It's a direction, not a destination. So I guess to kind of simplify that, uh, the good in life is a direction. That's kind of like a shortened down version of it, I think. Right. So where people are always like, they're, you know, a lot of people are goal oriented and um, they have a goal they want to focus on. Which is good. Which is great. Yeah. You need goals. I yes. think you need to have goals in life. Going back to the successful thing, I think you have to have a goals. At goals with right. an S. I think one goal, that's where it kind of gets weary. Yeah. However, what was the, was it happiness? What was the keyword? Uh, the good in life. The good in life. So happiness. Yeah, so happiness in life is a direction, not a destination. So, yeah, like, being happy is not a goal. I mean, it is, but it's not. It is, There's not a place to go that gets you happy. Um, I think a lot of people have said, um, you know, doing something to get happy won't work. Being happy doing something is the way to do it. Yeah, and it goes back to the, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Right, exactly. If you're happy doing what you're doing, then you're going to be happier all around right. than if you're doing something to be happy. Right. Why do you, like, there's, there's a reason that there are certain professions that have, you know, higher, uh, like, divorce rates mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And I think it just kind of comes down to, you know, are you happy overall? I think it's not, it's, if you're doing something to be happy, then you're not doing the right thing. If you're happy doing something... Kind of. I I was going that direction, It's hard to explain what I'm trying to think, I guess. Because I was going in that direction, and it's like, okay, yeah, but you're doing something that might make you happy later. Um, But yeah, so like... Like right now, working to get through school, because I want to do something that I'm going to be happy... I'm sure I will be happy doing, because it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, But I'm not doing that to be happy. Be. Yeah, it's weird to explain because you're you're grateful that you can do what you want to do. Yes. Yeah. And some people aren't in, in the position to do something that they love to do, but if if you're working towards being happy, to then be happy doing what you're doing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a weird. Thing I think to that's why it's a good quote because of the complexity of it. And well, so, and it's relative, right? And it is relative, and so like relativity, man. Awesome. Um, you're you're on your way, doing things that make you happy, and thinking um, happily to then get to your goal, which is your job. I think the hardest part about you know, and you went through college for that I did four years and three and a half. Three and a half. Who's counting? <laughs> I mean, I only went for two semesters and I took a gap year, but I'm going back. And I think the hardest part about getting through college is because, like, so obviously... Well, let's, let's develop on that. So you took a gap year because... Because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I wasn't happy. I was not happy just taking classes. And, I mean, there's some more outside things that kind of contributed to that, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, so first semester I took business classes. It was fun, but I was like, it's not... I can't, I can't see myself doing this. So I switched to criminal justice but I wasn't focused in law enforcement at the time. I was just kind of taking CJ classes because I was like, yeah, well, you know, it's in my family. I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah, which is kind of like the whole thing. You were just taking it because... Yeah, and I was lost. And yeah. then I moved to Texas. And, and then down there, I worked 
a job that, you know, it was fun, but it was like, I wasn't happy in Texas either. And then that's kind of when I, being in Texas was a, a the, that six months I spent in Texas, I realized like what I really wanted. And I realized that my relationships with friends and, and being happy is more important to me, I guess. Yeah, you found the direction you wanted to go. Yes, and now it's just I got to get through school to do what I want to do. But you're happier because you I'm happier follow. here because yes. Some people don't like. It's so hard to explain. I think at least so. Okay, so the city of Battle Creek, I think it's a lot of uh, negative feedback from people that were born and raised through here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess me living in Texas actually like flipped my opinion on that. I used to be the kid in high school that was like, I can't wait to get out of Battle Creek. Yeah. I got out of Battle Creek, and I was like, I miss Battle Creek. And I, I think another thing on top of that, why that happens to a lot of people, because, I mean, it happens to, I would say, probably everybody. At one point, they think, yeah. yeah. Um, it no matter where you are, you are, and this excludes, like, what I would say, like, places that everybody wants to go to like miami la new york yeah of course chicago stuff like that where like it's a little bit different you know it's all those places have a lot to offer so it's easier to kind of segment your way out but also people hate it there too so they want to get out as well um some people live in a big city like la chicago where i was in dallas and they say i want to get out of here and go live in a small town right which to them battle creek is a tiny town Right, and it's so crazy. I think that happens because, um, and I think it's part of growing up, you kind of just superficially want things. Um, kind of going back to this quote where, like, it's not a destination. It's not, something's not going, going somewhere is not going to change your life um, or moving out of someplace unless there's awful things happening and it's how yeah but but i think i don't mean to interrupt but i think people if they're not happy here i think people think if you just leave right they think that they think if you they think oh if i leave and i go live in la where all the famous and rich people live i'm gonna be happier there and, and it has nothing I mean, to do with it has nothing to do with where you're at. It's about what you are doing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I realized when I was in Texas, if I move back to Michigan and I go back to school and I and I study this and I do this as a job, I'm going to be happier than if I did that same job in Texas. And I think it's because I have a, a relationship with Battle Creek and what I want to do is is kind of giving back to the community and helping helping the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, why would I do that in a place that I have no connection to? Not everybody thinks like that, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, but I'm not going to be a doctor in my hometown. And yeah. I guess I have a reversed opinion on that. My Siri turned on. That was weird. <laughs> I like had a whole paragraph of what I was saying. They're but, listening. But yeah, um, I, I think it just depends. <laughs> no. I think it just depends on the, the the thought process you have. Definitely does. Um, because definitely does. <laughs> because I just think, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's just what you do with your life uh, that makes you happy. Did you want to come back to Battle Creek? I know no. you live in San Francisco and Grand Rapids. Right? Yeah, in Lansing. No, I never wanted to come back. Um, I never planned on coming back. Hence why I moved to Grand Rapids after college. Um, when did, why did you go to San Francisco again? For an internship. 
So it was just a part-time two gotcha. months. Gotcha. So you never in- intended on living in San Francisco long? No. Long. Did you like it there? I did like it there. Um, what did you like about it in comparison to a city like Grand Rapids or Battle Creek? Um, I liked it there because um, there was just always something new to discover. Okay. So that is one of the th- – that that is probably the number one thing I actually liked about – living in Dallas. Yeah. Was it's like within 1 square mile, I could eat at a new restaurant every single day for like 2 months. Right. Within a square mile. Yeah. It's that was one of the things that I I did like about there is there's so much to do. Yeah, I do think after a while um that goes away that luster of um, Oh yeah, I mean in 6 months it got to a point where I was like Yeah. You know, I'm never going to go to this wakeboard park. Right. <laughs> I'm never going to go <laughs> indoor skydiving. Right. Like it's you know, there's no. that, there's that, oh, you can do this, 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 and this. It's when and you it's become like, a, stop being a tourist and then you're like, oh, this is where I And then live. you live here and then you're like, the traffic sucks. <laughs> That's what I hated about Texas, dude. Yeah. It took me an hour and a half to drive to a mall that was 15 miles away. <laughs> that sucks. But, I don't know, but, yeah, so, I mean, I also like living there because of the climate. Um, See, I, I disagree. I hated Texas because of how hot it was. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about Texas. I'm talking about San Francisco. Okay, yeah, but I'm (laughs) saying, like, the climate of where I lived. Right. I was working outside, and it was, like, 110 degrees in September. Yeah, no, that sucks. Like, it it was in in June and July. It was, like, 55 degrees in San Francisco, though. That wasn't fun. But. You don't like, oh, man, I love, like, this weather outside right now, like, in the 50s, I love it. But, like, if I went across the bay, it was, like, 90 degrees and sunny. Oh, that's right. I've never it been was, to San it was Francisco, like, so I don't know how that works. It was, there. like, cold and miserable for a little bit because it, it was foggy. You couldn't see the sun. I do know about, like, uh, San Fran's, like, super, is it fog or smog? It's fog. It's the marine layer from the um, okay. ocean. Because I've heard, I've heard people say that it's, like, a smog. No, like, that's uh, L.A. That's L.A.? Oh. Okay. That's interesting. I've never been out there. I've, I would like to go as a tourist. California is very cool. Um, honestly, I think back to like this whole destination thing, um, living there taught me kind of that like, isn't it weird that like in your, in the moment in life, you can only see as far as you can see in any direction. And if you go somewhere else and you're like blindfolded, right? Go somewhere else. It's exactly the same. Like, it doesn't look like it's ever changed. Like in your perspective, like yeah, you you fly across the country, right? But you can still only see two miles away. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so like, okay, I, in your perspective, your world is the same, no matter where you're at. Yeah. One thing I realized when I was in Texas is like, is there more opportunity? That's a relative question. You know, it's like yeah, it to one person, there might be more opportunity, but at the end of the day, I'm happier in Battle Creek. And I think I can just see, I can see the uphill in Battle Creek. I think it's happening now. I think it's going to continue happening, um, especially in the downtown area. But some people refuse to see what's happening, I guess, and they think about what has happened. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of reasons for that, um, and we could have a whole other discussion on this by itself. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, I just think that goes back to leave. I think everybody should leave their hometown for X amount of time. 
Um, I I intended on being in Texas for a whole year at right. least. So I mean, things quick made that go quicker. Of course. I mean, you guys but, you guys offered me a job, which right, which yeah, uh, which allowed you to come back sooner. Yeah. Um, but um, I think everybody should leave their hometown for an extended period of time. It doesn't even need to be a year. It could be six months, two months, or whatever. But just to experience other things, because then, like you, you kind of appreciated more from Battle Creek because it was, um, you saw the world as it is. It's not all rainbows and butterflies in a row. It's it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, just in Battle Creek. No, that happens everywhere. Everywhere you go, that happens. I say that all the time. Yeah. I, I, tell, uh, I tell LB that, like, you know, I, I see it all the time on social media where there's, say there was uh, a homicide right. somewhere in Battle Creek and people share it on Facebook or whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, I hate Battle Creek. I can't wait to get out. It's like go to Grand Rapids. I guarantee that it's happens worse. just as much. So I guess where I lived is kind of an exception. Where I lived in Allen, it's all high dollar. There's really no crime. But right. still, it still happens. It still has the same 20 miles away in that. Dallas. Dallas is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Dangerous in quotes because dangerous in quotes, you know, you do the crime per square mile thing, yeah, you know, it's whatever, but yeah, again, dangerous is you know, it's, it's however you want to think about it. But, um, what I realized when I was down there is it's not much different, it just looks better, slightly different. It's yeah, it's it's just, it's completely different, right? I kind of like being able to go to the grocery store and seeing old teachers and classmates. We're down there, all right. And, and I'm, I'm not all teachers, okay? Don't get me wrong, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's well, the, there's more, like, like you said earlier, there's more of a sense of community and like definitely, a kind of definitely. like a, a, a purpose, a place of purpose here about a creek for you. Like that, 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 those relationships you've built over time will, um, I guess, last longer in a smaller city. Yeah. And, and some people growing up, you know, you have your lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like, me, I'm very fortunate that, you know, two of my best friends I met in fourth grade. Not everybody's fortunate enough to say, like, they truly have lifelong friends, you know. And to some people, it's like, okay, you know, for this job or for this school, I'm going to move out of state and I have to leave my friends. And some people are okay with that. And when I lived in Texas, I realized how important those friends were to me. And it's like, you know, I could do this job, but... I won't be as happy doing it if I'm away from those lifelong friends. Because yeah. some people, I mean, everyone has a different thought process about it. But, I mean, I live with a guy that I've met or I've known for literally almost my entire life. Right. And not everyone can say that. And I think that's part of the reason why I did come back to Battle Creek is, is for the friendships and the relationships that I have. Because I, was, I am truly happier here just being with like people that I love, I guess. And, they, and I, and, and they do relatively the same things you want to do. And yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, my parents live in, in Dallas still and my younger sister and I do, I mean, I miss them greatly. You know, I talk to them almost every day and it's not that I wasn't happy living with them, but it's like me being here. I just feel more comfortable and well, I, and I think it's important to get out of your comfort zone, but it's it's so hard for me to explain. I guess there's what I'm a sense to say. of familiarity, and um, from my experience, 
because one of the one of the things that I really enjoyed about college was I got to meet some friends that will probably be lifelong friends. Um, and in yeah. fact, they're probably closer. I'm closer with them than I am with people that I went to high school or, or elementary with. Yeah. And I just think there's something that happens when you move out on your own, not necessarily living with your parents like you did, but like moving out on your own and living your life um, where, and which is what you're kind of doing now and what you were doing last year anyway. Yeah, I mean, I had an apartment and right. I was living on my own. And right, and so there, there's something that happens when you start to just change the way you think. Um, and it happened to me in college where like I, I thought that these people were going to be in my life forever. However, college, with different experiences, just starting to like mature as a person. I go, oh, okay, this is more. Yeah, wanna, I'm, I'm shifting my my ideologies. To yeah, a direction. I know what you. I know yeah. what you're saying. No, for so, me, I think that's what happens, or is very important to happen, and it's harder to do without something like a college, or, or because like yeah. it's hard. It's hard to meet people. It's in you know I've had this experience too. It's hard to meet people your age, the further past college you go. I agree with that. Your jobs normally will, depending on what you go into, um, and what what field, what um, what business company, whatever you want to call it, you go into, you're probably going to get thrown in there with a wide range of people, and um, it's just it's not as easy to make those connections with people through a job and after like schooling. Yeah. So I real quick, I just want to touch on this, like. I've had a lot of people telling me, like, you you should experience college, like a four-year university. You go there, you live in a dorm, you meet people. And I almost did that at Western Michigan and up in Traverse City at Northwestern Michigan College. And I personally, I don't think I'm missing anything. And, you know, again, that's relative, but it's like I'm happy now with, like, the friends that I have. And I would it be cool to go and meet new people? Yeah, but... The idea of college for me, you know, college is not for everybody. No, that's And correct. the whole four-year university thing is, is really just not in the cards for me. It's not anything I've ever really wanted to do. Right. The only reason I almost did it was for, you know, a profession that I almost went into. And I'll tell you what, sounds crazy, but because I used to take flight lessons. And to some people, it's like, whoa, that's awesome. And it's all right. Like it was, it was boring to me. It was just not what you wanted. It to wasn't do. what I wanted to do, and it took me about a year to realize that. And I almost went to two different colleges for that. And now I'm doing something, not necessarily a 180, but it's way different, completely different. I was about to be. Well, I guess I'm still going to be kind of in the service and eh, eh, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, being a pilot and you know, being yeah. in law enforcement's different, but it is. Um, you're still. Yeah, I, I just think I, I think I think you're right. Not everybody's going to be missing something, but however, I do think the experience that people can get, if oh yeah, they, if they go full into, I guess not just college, anything, um, going into somewhere where you don't know anybody. Yeah, and actually, like I said, it's a lot harder when you do that and you don't have something like school yeah. or a job that has people that are more your age or even For, yeah, even friends at jobs aren't. 100% like your friends. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I worked at um I worked at Top Golf, 
when I lived in Texas and I walked in there. I didn't know a single person. And at a place like Top Golf in a big area where I was at, it's a lot of kids that were 16 to 22. Right. A lot of people did that job through college and that was a great way. I got to meet so many people that, you know, I talked to three of them still uh, out of the 200 that worked at the venue. But it's like, you know, I, I still keep in touch with one guy that I talk to almost every day. Mm. You know, we never hung out outside of work, but I would still consider, you know, him. And, and there's another girl that you know, we're friends, but they're not lifelong friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's they could have de- you could have developed. If that. I stayed down there, yeah. yes. But you know, it's 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 hard to think about. I guess you know. Yeah. Do I miss the job because of the people sometimes? But at the end of the day, that's all I did down there. I woke up at noon. I went to work at like five p.m. and I'd work until one to three in the morning. Go to the gym. Go home. Go to bed. I didn't really do anything, and I wasn't happy. Yeah. I'm happier here. I met people. It was great. It was a great experience for me to walk into a job and I got to meet all new people and I loved that job. It was very fun. If I stayed in Texas, I was going to apply for their uh, team that travels the world and builds venues. Really? Um, yeah. Like paid a lot of money and they just, that's a cool gig. That would have been cool. But at the end of the day, would I have been happy doing that? Probably not. All right. The way I think about it. So, well, basically to, to end this, you need to find something that you're happy doing because happiness isn't an end goal. It, yeah, it's, it's a constant way. But at my end goal in life is that I was happy during life. But it's not – happiness isn't the end-all, be-all. No, it's, you're, you're never you know going gonna to get to happiness. It's just you will be you happy. Ha- yeah, I want to be happy doing something. Doing something. Yeah. Boom. All right. Boom. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, if you guys have any more suggestions, send them our way. And yes, please. We will um, try to try them all. We are willing to try any type of coffee. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Yep. So you can listen to the Morning Cup on Spotify, Apple Music, um, YouTube, Facebook, and a lot. I just of want other to say things. real quick. Anchor. I want to say real quick. You being on the podcast with me, I think, makes it way more interesting. Yeah. And I think the podcast, this is long, but, I mean, I, I would listen to it. Yeah, we're at the 42-minute mark. It's not we're, – we're still in the sweet spot. So, yeah. But, but. Um, but yeah, uh, those are where you can find us under the Los Hermanos podcast on Apple Music and Spotify, or you can just look up The Morning Cup. Um, but yeah, send us out of here, Josh. Whether you guys are listening in the morning, the day, or the night, thank you guys for tuning in to the Morning Cup, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.